deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we have another another nighttime recording, another late one. It's nighttime. Shriek- sun's out, but it's nighttime. Sun- sun's out, but it's nighttime. Shriekcast Shriek after dark, but not... Shriekcast when it's almost dark. There we go. Yeah, Shriekcast <laughs> dinner time. Shriekcast dinner time. <laughs> I actually, I, 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 did, I did have a very quick dinner before recording this, so I guess it, I, I guess it is sort of Shriekcast dinner time. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have dinner right after, so I'm gonna get a little hungry. Okay. Shriekcast dinner time. <laughs> Shriekcast hunger pangs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Another. Another. Another late one. But. But we're here. We're. We're here to. To talk about all things important involving vampires and and, and wizards and whatnot. Last week. Uh. Or I, was it even like last time we had, um, a late start episode? We were like, "There's no news. Thank God. Nothing. Right, nothing to yeah. talk about." Um. And then it turned out that uh, uh like. An hour after I posted the episode or something, uh, news extremely did happen. Um, sure, yeah. And and that that I, I I do just want to lightly address it, even though I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, and there's really not that much to say about it other than like how uh, we told you so. It is, I guess. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, not not you, the audience, but like you know the the royal you. Uh, the the you in your life who is still holding on to, well, maybe she's not that bad or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, she, uh, uh, like right after we finished recording that episode, J.K. Rowling like kind of got in a fight with Matt Walsh, but then also <laughs> spent most of it praising him and his movie that just came out about how evil trans women are, um. So that was that was illuminating, you know. Right? Yeah, I'm so know. surprised. I, I'm so surprised, but like, uh, there is a part of me that is is fascinated by it, just in terms of like, you know, we 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 we've been talking for a while about like, you know, when when is when is she going to just you know drop the act and and admit that she is just like in conservative talking points now, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't want to say fun because it's not fun, but like it's it's definitely interesting seeing her like she's in the sauce now, you know, like she's watching Matt Walsh documentaries. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the well, I saw that and I was like, is this the line for WB? Like, come Mm -hmm. on, this has to be the line, right? Yeah, please, please let it be the line. It's probably not, but (laughs) you know. It, it it probably it probably won't be. It would be nice if it is. I will say they haven't like said anything in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 very funny. I it, it, like it's very easy in retrospect to like you know organize all this stuff neatly into like a story arc, and I I, I don't I I don't think this is actually what's going on. But there is a sense that I'm getting just looking at this is like. Every time she does this, it's when it's like right after WB has like given her an inch, you know? Yep. Cause this was right after 
of course, the Sky News kerfuffle involving our boy Tom Felton. Um, right. Where, where you know, the WB came out and said, like, we're so proud to be working with J.K. Rowling, who is amazing and has made so many wonderful stories for everyone. And then, like, three days later, she was doing this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think those were, like, actually directly correlated. But if you're just, like, looking at the... You know about uh, like like how they're talking about each other over time. It's like I don't know. They're in bed with each other pretty deep still. Yep. Yep. Um, and and WB can't or won't. You know, can't can't is not the right word. But like you know, they won't uh, uh, get out of it because they want the money. And J.K. Rowling won't because she. Well, number one, wants the money, but also, like, you know, <laughs> she has all the power. Like, why, you know, like, like, like she's in control here. She hasn't, she hasn't dead to rights on this stuff. Um, there was a very funny article uh, about that whole um, kind of spat between, it was, it was Sky News and WB. Mm-hmm. And Sky News put out their own little report basically saying like hey this was fucked up you know like the you know wb can't doesn't doesn't control our reporters right um Uh but (laughs) there was a very weirdly phrased article here that i want to read a quote from um uh sky news was invited to a new mandrakes and magical creatures feature at warner brothers studios this week and such as the effort to distance the brand from the toxicity of the debate around trans rights sky news wasn't allowed by the pr to bring up jk rowling's name in the interview our reporter was interrupted mid-flow and made to redirect the line of questioning when we asked why the response on email from the third-party pr running the event was quote jk rowling is not connected to warner or tom felton so this is the quote that we you know, they were all arguing over. Yeah. Um, for the record, PRs don't and shouldn't, for all sorts of reasons, no, not least press freedom, dictate Sky News's editorial direction. Felton, left somewhat awkwardly momentarily in the middle, <laughs> was allowed to tell us, I was auditioned 500 meters from where I am now, which is nuts. That was when I was 12, and here I am at 34 years old talking about it still. We all expected the <laughs> Harry Potter fandom flame to start dousing as the years go on, and clearly it's not going anywhere, Felton added. Tom! <laughs> <laughs> I just lo- <laughs> middle of this article where sky news is like wb does not and should not attempt to control our reporters here's what tom felton had to say uh yo i had an audition here like really isn't that crazy (laughs) oh god um (sighs) but yeah i don't want to spend too much time dwelling on that but i i just felt it was worth mentioning because uh we, we we were we were we were hailing the lack of news as perhaps a good sign, a sign of good weather. And we uh, should know better by now. We how should. Many, how many episodes has it been? How many years has it been? <laughs> you cannot trust podcast meteorology on this stuff. Oh no. Um, but uh, we have much more important news to get to. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I want to hear all about how your maximum ride journey is continuing. Um, great. It's going great. Um, 
this is a weird one. You know how when you watch like the Vampire Diaries, if you were to go back and watch it again, everything is like you'd seen it for the first time because it's just like complete nonsense. Right. So like you it's, don't rem- it's such a dense knot that it's like, oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. 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 Totally. You never know what's going to happen. I think that reading Maximum Ride the third would be like that because I read it and I have I read it in like three days. I have no idea what happened in it. <laughs> No clue. Like, events just happen rapid fire constantly. Um, was there any more stuff about blogs or blogging or posts or anything like that? Um, I was so much about blogging. Oh, good. Like, a lot. Yeah. Um, the Fang just, like, his entire, like, character is just blogger in the third one. Um, and he, he has this whole arc where he's like, reaching out to the teens and the kids it's like isn't it fucked up what the adults are doing to the planet uh-huh. and also the evil scientists so you gotta rise up uh you gotta come for this like evil uh like pharmaceutical company conglomerate like oh, world we're just hitting every 2000s oh, thing yeah. here Big time. And it was like, they have to rise up. And so, uh, like, at the climax of the story, Fang is like, now is the time. Go to ITEX is the corporation's name. Go to mm. ITEX and protest and all this stuff. And the kids are, like, throwing, like, Molotov cocktails through the oh, windows shit. and stuff. Oh, fuck. Like, go, they, like wow. one of them, like, drives a, a fucking Humvee through the front door um, <laughs> of one of these corporations and is like, I'm 16 and I just got my driver's license. Oh, my God. And that's the power of blogging. That's the power of blogging. I wonder what the cutoff point in media was for like, th- like two thousand. This was two thousand eight. You said this book came out. Ah, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like that has got to be pretty close to the cutoff for like it being normal to like depict blogging and stuff as like cool. You know. Yeah. Like when you when you tell me a character is a blogger and like that's their main you know trait in a story. Uh-huh. I like oh they're the cool guy is really not what I reach for immediately, you no, know. Yeah. I feel like there you know there was a period for like the mid to late 90s, maybe early 2000s where like the you know the the allure and like the like, the, the web was sexy, you know? Um, by 2008, just like, oh, you're a teenager with a blog? Like, damn. <laughs> Holy fuck. There's, like, this gimmick that where um, some of the chapters are comments on the blog and Fang's oh, response to them. Like, he's doing, like, a Q&A session. Mm-hmm. And at the, like, header of the chapter, it always says, like the view count like this is how many hits the blog has had and it goes up it goes up to you know two hundred thousand hits a million hits two million hits and all this stuff and then at one point he's like like yo uh the counter broke it says that you're only you know hit number one thousand but you're really probably five million it just didn't go up that high oh my god wait so it's not even like a like a view count thing. This is James Patterson or whoever it was who ghost wrote this one <laughs> remembers on like an old website where there was like the little gif ticker that went up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next to like a, you know, a, an under construction, like spinning workman's hat gif or something. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, beautiful. 
Um, so are you continuing post three? Like, like, cause, cause James Patterson wrote the, or, or like the first three are considered like, these are the real maximum ride James Patterson novels. Right. And then like the fandom gets a little, uh, uh, heated about the, the later ones. I'm, I'm not really clear where the, um, where that really comes from exactly. Like mm-hmm. it is sort of the, I don't know if he's ever said come out and said like oh i was writing this trilogy and that was it but then i continued on Mm -hmm. um and i was sort of curious because i was like i mean they're awful right they're they're just like (laughs) absolute garbage they're just like event 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 the the third one ended with like this random like at the evil corporation they're like, okay, we captured Maximum Ride, and it's now time for Maximum Ride to fight to the death with this new character who is a, like, superhuman named Omega. And then they fight to the death, and then he's never seen again. You never heard of him before. Like, it's just, it's complete nonsense. So I was like, how much worse could the later books get, uh-huh. right? Like, I'm just like, what? We're starting what, pretty low. What could even happen? Um, but I'm excited to tell you, I have uh, read the fourth Maximum Ride book as well. Oh, um, fuck. Like, the whole thing? You're, you're oh, done? The, oh, yeah. I'm oh, done. I guess, I read, I guess they're, they're page turners, you know. I read it in one afternoon. It is Holy 150 shit. pages. <laughs> 150 pages on the old, the old e-reader. Um, okay, for comparison's sake, my Twilight chapter this week was twenty five pages on my e reader. So yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a breeze to read, and it is. Um, I see what the Maximum Ride fandom is talking about. It might be up there with one of the worst books I've ever read. <laughs> um, it is a after school special, like climate change PSA. Mm-hmm. It's really, really strange. Um, all like the original villain is like defeated at the end of number three, um, and Maximum Ride has this like new adopted mom. Um, that is maybe her real mom. I already can't remember. Um, and and the the mom is like, Max, you've saved the world, but now it's time for you to save the world again. And it's literally global warming. Like she goes on a mission to Antarctica with like this research team to like measure <laughs> like glacial melting and all this stuff. And there are just pages and pages of like global warming facts. Like they just list them out. Oh my and god. It's crazy. And Max goes through like her character arc is that she's like, I don't know about this global warming stuff. Um, but then at the end she gets trapped in a hurricane and has to be like, wow, global warming is something we have to fight against. It is bizarre. <laughs> and and as we know, that book did change the world. Uh and it worked. And co- yeah, it worked. It worked. No notes. Like, Max doesn't have any reason to doubt global warming, right? It is literally so that global warming can be demonstrated to her and she Mm -hmm. can go like, ah, shucks. Uh, They were, the scientists (laughs) were right the entire time. (laughs) There was a section on the Maximum Ride website that's like the four teachers part. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this was just like part of the grift at this point, right? Like, I... 
I was expect. I don't want to say like sponsored, but I was like, certainly I'm going to finish this book and I'm going to turn the page and it's going to say like in partnership with the World Wildlife Foundation or something like that is the level that it's on. (laughs) It's like a book that like you get passed out to you at school that has like Al Gore's picture on the cover or something, right? It's like part of the like the presidential fitness thing or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if James Patterson just got a wild hair about about global warming uh, or how this novel came to be. I've read that it's like the worst of them. Like even among Maximum Ride fans are like, this is the... Okay. This is the garbage tier one. This, this is the this is the worst it gets kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Really, well, really strange. So you're over the hump, though. At least I am. I am. I did start the next one, um, but I think that I like overdosed on maximum rides. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like reading some other stuff. Um, I'm reading a nice uh, short story collection to try oh, to like jar myself nice. out of this uh, <laughs> the maximum ride overdose. <laughs> this is like the literary equivalent of like super size me. You're just like <laughs> reading McDonald's for weeks and weeks. And it's like, okay, now I gotta like read something normal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, one of the kids can talk to fish now. Okay. Um, that will, that'll come in handy. And breathe underwater. Uh-huh. No, unrelated to that. It was in, oh. the, thir- it was in the third one. <laughs> so not even part of the nature one. Okay. No, no. Oh, God. There is some, like, global warming themes in the first three, but they mm-hmm. make no sense at all because it's like... Fang has a little bit about it in his blog where he's like, adults are ruining the world. Uh, We have to rise up against them. Also, there's an evil corporation that's trying to kill half of the people on Earth, kind of unrelated to the global warming thing. Not involved. Okay. But that's also bad. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the early books just sound like... Like, I mean, like, and it sounds like they're doing it well, well, quote unquote, but, you know, they are succeeding at, like, just hitting every, everything that there was, like, uh, art made about in the 2000s rolled into Mm -hmm. one book, right? Like, we've got an evil corporation, we've got global warming stuff, we've got blogging, we've got pharmaceuticals, we've got uh, Humvees, it sounds like. Uh, Yep, yep. Everything, all at once. Great. Yeah, the third one was fine. I think the second one was my favorite. Like I said, I OD'd on this series. (laughs) (laughs) Too too much. Too much of a good thing, question Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Well, thank you for that update. Uh, Let's let's move away from from Maximum Ride, though, to give you a little bit of of, of space away from from your, uh, you know, from, from, you don't want to, you want to, don't want to keep on gorging on that. Um, I guess. And <laughs> but it's so fun though. It's I know, I know. Ride. I can't stop thinking about it. But, but I need uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about our uh, Twilight chapter for the week. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Um so we have another one where I assume our chapters are basically just one to one aligned. Um so how do yep. how do we wanna divvy up our summaries this week? I'll make you go first because you have you have Twilight, the classic. I have, Twilight. I have the cla- the classic novel Twilight for for me here. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So this is Mind Over Matter. Um, 
Edward drives Bella home, it turns out that Charlie is still away fishing, so Bella invites Edward in to continue their romantic conversation. However, things get weird when Edward inadvertently lets slip that he knows where her outdoor house key is. Edward is forced to admit that he's been watching over Bella, which both flusters and intrigues her as she prepares her dinner. Charlie finally arrives, forcing Edward to flee while Bella lies to her dad about what she spent the day doing and what her plans for the evening are. Bella is clearly being cagey, but she has enough self-awareness left to realize that she's coming off as cagey and concocts an elaborate plan to thwart Charlie's dad powers. Knowing that he'll come to check on her to make sure she hasn't snuck out, Bella makes a show of using the bathroom and getting into unflattering pajamas. Of course, it turns out that Edward escaped into Bella's room, so they share a highly tense snuggle session under the covers where Edward explains his vampire desires and his family history. They dance around the topic of sex until Edward outright says they might not be, that might not be possible because of his vampire strength. Darn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is that more or less what happened in yours yep that happened in mine um i think i've got some extras um for okay. sure so i'll go over, go over my summary i'm also yeah. very curious to find out if any of it is like stuff that you left out of your summary because it doesn't matter and or mm. it was just like special for me for instance i do get the car ride um back from the hike where edward sings aloud to a johnny ace song while driving um, mm. and they discuss how old Edward is and about the process of becoming a vampire, um, when they are, uh, back at Bella's house, um, Edward spends some time thinking about how, um, how all of his vampire family were all turned. I understand that they're also having a conversation about this, but where the conversation was probably a couple paragraphs, um, Edward's kind of recollection about their turning is uh, probably five pages. Um, Edward does have to fess up to his late night spying. Um, Edward has to vampire whoosh away when Bella's father arrives home, but he is, um, waits for her in her room. Um, he does end up listening into the conversation that Bella has with her dad. Um, and Edward and Bella hang out in her room where they do some romantic cuddling. Um, Edward fesses up to being a virgin and they talk about how they can't have sex. That's the end of the chapter. You are so right. I completely forgot to address the part where they're driving home and Edward complains that music from the 50s is better than the music from the 60s and 70s. But the 80s were okay. The eight, He's all right with the 80s. But he doesn't like disco. He never came around to disco. Oh, okay. So I don't get that. So it sounds like you do get some... Because, you know, I, I get this dialogue, but it's very... You know, it's just like like a, a couple lines about this, right? About his taste. Oh, okay. So this is this is where I went, run into trouble, right? Because I get the same dialogue lines, but then I get his internal monologue. Um, Though there were certainly excellent outliers, the artists that were played most often on the limited radio options then were not my favorites. I'd never warmed up to disco. <laughs> That's all in his head. I I also you listed an artist name there. Johnny Aces was the Johnny Ace, yeah. Johnny Ace. Um I don't get any artist names. He it's it's just a 50s song and then he complains about the 60s and 70s. It is Pledge My Love or Pledge Your Love. Pledging My Love, excuse me, by Johnny Ace. So there you go. Okay, so a little a little bit of fleshing out i would have liked that that that's weird because i think that so, so much of the detail you're getting is 
extraneous, but I, I do like knowing what song they're listening to. If the focus of the scene is a song, you know, like that, that helps. Here's the problem, though. Mm. Not a bad song. I went and listened to it. Yeah. But it's too slow. It's too slow for like the upbeat vibe that I feel like this is going for. This is, yeah, there's sort of like a cathartic, like, like come down feeling on the drive home because mm-hmm. it's like they're back to normal right like it's post kiss they're like they're 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 heading back home there's like a sense that they're like back in their like normal lives a little bit here so mm-hmm. i could i could see that i could see that something a little more upbeat might have been more appropriate yeah um <laughs> there is another part of the drive home that i definitely want to talk about that i would love to know is you know if this is remarked upon in your version it says multiple times. Bella, Bella observes several times in this in this scene um, that Edward quote drove one handed, holding my hand on the seat. <laughs> Sometimes he gazed into the setting sun. Huh. And then another line: he looked into the sun. This, <laughs> the light of the setting orb glittered off his skin. <laughs> Edward, no, don't look into you, the orb. You can't look into the orb, man. Oh, especially because he has, like, like really powerful vampire senses. Like, you super can't look into the orb with that. Right. It's like, it's like, wouldn't for, wouldn't for him, wouldn't that be like, you know, shining a flashlight into someone's night vision goggles or something like that? Surely that would just, like, be debilitating. I don't I just love the phrasing several times that he looked into the sun. Looked into Uh, the orb. Yeah, I don't think I get a lot of, like, Edward going, like, I looked into the sun. There is a part where he, like, describes, like, the sun passing, like, a a bar of sunlight passing over him and, like, him mm -hmm. doing some some sparkling. Some sparkles, yeah. But no, but no, like, I looked into the sun. Okay. Fortunately. Okay, so yeah, so I and, and and you're you're also completely right. Like I I I do have the, um, his the story about his turning here, which <laughs> I which I completely glossed over in my summary because I complete I I forgot that we had gone over that, but only in your version. I think it had right, been mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Sun, like he talks about that a little earlier. Um, but yeah, he he was a Spanish flu lad. He um, was. He was. So, the vampires all have special powers, mm-hmm. and and we we sort of, like, run through them here, but Carlisle's, he just says, is, like, he's, like, very empathetic. Is there, like, a more... <laughs> he's an empath. Is there... <laughs> is there, like, a more explicit explanation of that anywhere in your in your chapter? No, what's confusing about that? <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> so there's this whole thing about, like, you know, that he's explaining how he got turned and why he has the mind-reading powers, because he was always, you know, he's like, oh, I was always very perceptive as a child, so I guess that just got amplified. And then he explains, you know, he's like, oh, uh, 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 Alice uh, always had some sort of, like, you know, sense of precognition, and it got amplified, and... Jasper, he can like he he's you know he's like the life of the party. He can change the mood or whatever. I think that's Jasper. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's Jasper. Um, and then when it gets to Carlisle, he's just like, yeah, Carlisle was really nice, so he's like super nice now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, hold on, that's not like a power. What what does that mean? 
I I think that is his power. I guess more there's nothing explicit that explains okay. it in mine. There's nothing like magical about it, but I think that the more the more explanation is that for a vampire he has the most self-control because he is so compassionate, right? Like okay. he's he can uh turn other vampires more easily it's weird because it's like it sort of implies that he's the only one who can make other vampires which is obviously not true um because the implication is that other vampires like don't have the self-control to not just kill the person outright yeah but that can't be true because other vampires are made by other vampires um yeah that that's odd because like there's a lot of hay made in this about how you know, Carlisle is so kind, and, like, the reason that this vampire family has, like, stuck around so long is because they have this sense of ethics, right? Mm-hmm. And And that stuff is all pretty interesting. Like, I actually kind of like the world building around that stuff. Yeah. Um. But, but I think that it honestly makes it, like, less interesting if Carlisle's literal superpower is that he's doing all that, and it's not like, you know, because it's like... This is a, you know, we we talked about this with like the the Christmas stuff and like the the flashback scene in in one of your chapters, but like this is whether it's like intended to be or not, it's like a it's very much like a faith and like strength of faith story, right? Mm-hmm. And like the like the thing about faith and in in in, in faith like power stories is that like you have to work at it and have it, right? Like, it's not a superpower that's bestowed upon you that you just have, right? And it's, like, <laughs> Carlisle's superpower being that he's super nice is, like, well, hold on. If he's, like, if he's like you know, the the super important father figure who's just I- impossibly kind, it's, like, well, if he doesn't have to work at that, that makes that a little less powerful, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm he's just, like... The, he's the father, yeah, he ah, he is the father, of course. Okay, okay. I I looked him up on the wiki to see if there was anything I was missing about the implication here, but it appears yeah. that we have it just all there is, right? Yeah. Um, in his human life, Carlyle was very compassionate when he was turned into turned this manifestation manifested into unparalleled compassion that allowed him to perfect his lifestyle as a quote vegetarian among vampires to the point that he is able to completely resist the temptation of human blood okay okay so not very cool carlisle <laughs> I, I i was just i was hoping that he had like i don't know x-ray vision or something you know no like... he didn't get like an extra <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know Edwards. Edwards' backstory stuff is is interesting because, like, Bella doesn't really have much to say about it in this scene. No. Uh, um. On the on the drive home about about the the Spanish flu stuff and there like I I hesitate to say that this is like a a good bit of writing, but I think it's a really funny byproduct of like. Because, like, this is a backstory with nowhere to go, right? Like, it's, it's a it's a fact about him. I don't think that, like, it matters to the story. You know, like, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not traveling back in time to influenza times in this at any point, right? There's no... Right. A, 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 that's not, like, a factor in the story. It's just, like, a, a little 
nugget of, of a, a little a little wiki entry about him. And Bella seems to treat it with like basically that level of importance. <laughs> like he Edward tells her this thing about himself and she's just like, huh, okay, cool. And like doesn't really have anything to say about it and just sort of like asks about like the rest of the family <laughs> and like <laughs> Yeah, because it's very much like a uh, it seems like it was reverse engineered from like, oh, how old do I want Edward to be? Oh, <laughs> you know, about a hundred. What made people die a <laughs> hundred years ago? Spanish yeah. flu. But even like Bella doesn't care. And and Edward has a little bit of carrying on about that in his own head where he's like, every time she, you know, I think that she's going to be repulsed by my inhumanity. She doesn't care. Uh. Like, that's, al- that's always his like sort of thing about it. But it's not about like, she will be repulsed by me dying of Spanish flu. It's like, right. this is proof that I'm a vampire. Like I'm inhuman, all this stuff. Um, but even he's like, I don't care. Yeah, right. he doesn't. He doesn't remember. He's like, I, I just, don't really remember that. I, I just like if I if I if I knew somebody, you know, who who turned out to be like immortal and had lived through the 1900s, you know, I feel like I would just like have like like, like Bella has a lot of questions, but they are entirely about like uh, like entirely about like her and him, you know, like she has zero interest in like the fact that he is immortal. <laughs> Almost like, because it's like if I if I if I knew that he was from the 1900s, I'd be like, damn, like, so like you saw jazz get invented, right? right. Like, <laughs> like what was that like? Uh, was it in black and white back then, or was there still color? <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I just like would start asking really dumb questions, but she is just so unfazed and disinterested in this that she just sort of like moves on. It's it's great. It's sort of bizarre in that it yeah. co- sort of comes across as like a disinterest from Stephanie Meyer, but that doesn't really match what I know about her. Who is like right. someone who's sort of interested in like historical fiction, but mm-hmm. it it does it does sort of strike me more as like an interest in the um like human drama of like manners fiction than it does the actual right. like historical context, right? Yeah, there's yes, there there's almost a sense that like the practice of conversation that she is borrowing from um in in like regency fiction and stuff that that you know because she's name dropped like in this book itself right like Many it's not times. a secret yeah <laughs> um there there's like you would get scenes like this that that operated kind of on a, a slightly different r- wavelength because they were like class um story conversations right mm-hmm. where like the the sexy handsome lord could say something about his mysterious past and our 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 humble protagonist lady of no status could like wonder about that and want to ask like oh so so <laughs> so pray tell what happened but like they couldn't because like you don't do that to your better right in in, uh-huh. a, in a book from the 1600s so like that is that is what like this conversation feels like it's based on but there's no like like he's a vampire but she's not like ask, not asking things cuz she's afraid of him being a vampire there's not like a stand in for the class thing it's just like okay interesting moving on <laughs> like like you, now that you've told me your your uh your backstory i will continue asking you about 50s music you know like it's it's cute that's hilarious that is hilarious to think of like pride and prejudice but instead it's like I, i'm not gonna ask you about it because i don't care whatever 
<laughs> it makes me think of um it's like a different way of doing have you have you been reading any of the controversy around that new Jane Austen Netflix adaptation with with Dakota Johnson in it speaking of people who we've talked about on this podcast recently but like No, I've only been reading Maximum Ride. <laughs> <laughs> um they're doing there's a new version of Persuasion which was like Jane Austen's last novel. Uh-huh. Um and and they've like redone all the dialogue to be like cutesy millennial romance stuff so it's like oh He's a 10, and I, you know, I don't trust 10s and shit like that. Um, <laughs> okay. And it, it looks like it sucks out loud. But sure. Like, but but it, it's like, this is sort of the inverse of that, where, like, the structure has been maintained, but, like, they haven't replaced it. Stephanie Meyer hasn't really replaced it with anything. Um, right, right. That's <laughs> very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, like, he gives Bella a side quest about Alice, it feels like, here. Yeah. Does, what What's the deal with this? Is this going to come up? Or is this just more facts? Uh, remind me exactly what happens so and what their while, conversation is. While he, they're, like, like, just as they're pulling up to the house, uh-huh. and he's, like, rattling off, like, here's all the, you know... Like, 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 here's my backstory and here's all of my fa- vampire family's backstory. He, like, mentions that Alice doesn't know who her human self was and is just, like, always been a vampire as far as she can, she's concerned. And it's, like, fully I had, like, the side quest notification pop up in my, my brain, right? Like, there, there's no other reason to drop this. But I don't remember... Alice is not, like, that much of a character, really, in this, right? Like... Not yet. Nah, okay. So this this is this is literally him dropping hints about... Uh, oh, well, I don't think we ever find out. I don't think <laughs> it goes anywhere. <laughs> so, I could okay. be wrong. I could be okay. wrong. Okay, uh, It's Edward so does clunky. Not, yeah, Edward does not uh, think about it in a way that would make me know if it goes anywhere, but I don't... <laughs> think so i thought so there's sort of this weird like future telling stuff where it's like alice knows that bella and alice are going to be like besties and so edward knows that mm-hmm. so that's the kind of side quest that okay, i was so thinking he's dropping of small talk for hit for bella to give to alice yeah basically okay because it's in the middle of the explanation of why they all live in the pacific northwest right and it's really funny uh there's a reason why we chose the Olympic Peninsula, one of the most sunless places in the world. It's nice to be able to go outside in the day. You wouldn't believe how tired you can get of nighttime in 80-odd years. So that's where the legends came from? Probably. And Alice came from another family, like Jasper? No, and that is a mystery. Alice doesn't remember her human life at all, and she doesn't remember who created her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, I don't know if we ever find out for sure. Huh, okay, okay. So I'm not sure. We'll see. Okay. Edward yeah. does not. Th- Edward does not drop that deliberately. Is what I'll say. He does okay. think think in his head. It's my chapter is much more like he says something to Bella, and then he thinks three more sentences in his head to mm-hmm. expand on the thought. Right, yeah. but not in a way where he's like, "I told her that so that she would go be friends with Alice or something." Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. 
So like this one, so that's where the legends came from, she said, nodding to herself, mm-hmm. probably. There was actually a precise source behind the legends, but that wasn't something I wanted to get oh into. The Volturi were very were very far away and very much absorbed in their mission to police the vampire world. They would never affect Bella's life beyond the lore they'd concocted to protect mortals. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's like lore drop, right? Wait, yeah, hold on, Edward. I want to hear about that. That's the important shit. No. You don't get to. I will. I will not tell her about about the Camarilla. <laughs> Fuck. So uh, they get home. They, they 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 get home. This is where we get into the into the juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, there's one really big thing kind of sticking in my craw in this chapter. <laughs> sure. And it's the. Every explanation that that Midnight Sun has given for Edward's like watching Bella sleep behavior, yeah, makes it so much worse than the scene that we actually get in Twilight explaining it. Bummer, right? Yeah this this is really interesting. Like this book. Does the thing that I was, like, surprised that Midnight Sun didn't do when we were having our discussions about him watching her sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, if you want to do that, you've got to make it weirder and make him seem more inhuman, right? Because you've got to lean into the fantasy aspect of it. Right. And this does do that. Like, Like, he is much more, like, kind of, like, alienated seeming in this scene and is like like he he knows a little bit that it's going to be weird to tell her but he's like surprised at her reaction and like most importantly there's like a sense from her reaction that like she's sort of like she's like sort of like darkly into this like she has like this weird this weird monster guy watching her sleep and the thing she's most concerned about is that she hopes that she didn't say anything too weird in her sleep. Right, right. So now that I have read this part, I am baffled at all of the attempts Midnight Sun has made to try and soften this when like this I think does the best job of softening it or softening's the wrong word I guess for what for what this book does but like th- this book makes it clear that that is like part of the monster guy fantasy. Right. And everything from Midnight Sun seems to be trying to, like, plead with the audience to, like, not be mad at it, you know? And I'm like, well, th- this was better. Like, I, I-, I kind of get it in this version. I mean, I guess that's sort of the problem when you even address the criticism in that way. With- yeah. And then it's like, that's never, like, a winning proposition to do that. <laughs> um, right. I mean, yeah. in-, in my chapter, when they're having this conversation... Midnight Sun even doubles down and sort of contradicts the conversation that they're having in Twilight, which feels so um, defensive to the original content. Like, the things that Edward is thinking in his head is contradictory to what he's saying out loud. Um, Mm -hmm. When he's having this conversation with her, um, he immediately contradicts himself in his own head, saying, uh, would she believe me if I tried to explain my torment at being separated from her? Could anyone believe the kinds of catastrophes I'd imagined, thinking she might not be safe? They had all been so far-fetched, and yet if I were separated from her now, I knew the same impossible dangers would begin to plague me again. 
Yeah, way too much work for I think a line like cuz the li- the line that he says to her in 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 this scene. So so she figures out that he knows where the key is hidden. Mm-hmm. Um I used the key from under the eave. I stepped inside, flip- flicked on the porch light and turned to look at him with my eyebrows raised. I was sure I'd never use that key in front of him. I was curious about you. You spied on me? But somehow I couldn't infuse my voice with the proper outrage. I was flattered. So here we go, right? Like we we've we've already we're already heading this off at the pass with the <laughs> character's reaction. Uh, he was unrepentant. What else is there to do at night? <laughs> Which is one a very <laughs> funny line, <laughs> right? And two does exactly what I was asking Midnight Sun to do way back when we first started talking about this plot development, which is, like, make him seem more alien. G- give it, give him a reaction to this and, 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 like, or to, like, to this confrontation where it's clear that, like, he's a fucking vampire. Like, it's not, this is not a story about literally having a guy watch you sleep. This is a story about falling in love with a vampire right and he's like what else do i do at night yeah right? what else? I, I don't sleep i'm a vampire what else like, like why is that weird like like that's so much one it's funny it's like darkly charming you know and and again the protagonist is saying "Ooh, i'm flattered by this right <laughs> like just a just a big green light for the like for the slightly dark twisted fantasy because that's what the book is. And Midnight Sun seems like it's doing everything in its power to make it more than that and making it so much worse by doing so, I think. Well, let me tell you how bad it is. Um, you spied on me? It didn't seem to be a joking matter, but she sounded as if she were about to laugh. I should have confessed all then, but I went along with her teasing tone. What else is there to do at night? It was the wrong choice, a cowardly choice. She heard only a joke, not an admission. Strange again to realize how, even with the huge potential nightmares resolved, there continued to be be much to fear. Of course, this issue was nothing but my own fault, my own extremely poor behavior. It's miserable. 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 So much worse. Every time. Every time in this chapter when Edward says something that's like charming and sort of funny, he's doing that in his head where he's like, oh, I took the coward's way out making a joke when really this oh was very serious. God. Oh, it's this horrible. Is, this is so funny. It's like you gotta do this with confidence, right? Like, I, I can't get over how much better it is in my version. I right. was so surprised. I was like dreading whatever was coming in this reveal, right? Like, or like how it was going to be handled because of how it was presented in Midnight Sun. I, I, you know, I assumed it would be, you know, like a baby version of what, of what your book's conclusion about this stuff was, but I was like (laughs) pleasantly surprised with it's like, no, it's like, it, it is fucked up and like not good. And it, you know, it wouldn't be good to do in real life, but like the story is about a vampire and it is it is laying out so plainly and clearly for the audience like what the boundary space is for these characters right mm-hmm. the the joke here is that it's weird to do right and and that her reaction should be stronger 
and like more negative, but because of like the context of who these characters are and how they've been behaving this whole novel, and because it's like the author's self insert being like, "Ooh, <laughs> I kind of like that," right? It's like so hard for me to get mad at it, but it gets much easier for me to get repulsed by it once Edward. It's so much worse with Edward going like, "Ooh, I'm so bad. Ooh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry." It's like, well, no, stop it, stop it. You're making it weird. Right, right. I mean, Edward's making it weird. He is. It's just, it's, it's miserable. And I gotta say, like, it's like between, um, him saying what else is there to do at night, and the next dialogue, like the next thing that Bella says, how often is a page? It's a page of him being well, like self-flagellating Ooh. about this. That's you never want that. That's no good. I guess I will say my chapter is fifty pages long. Yeah, literally twice as long as mine. If, if we're both using like ebook, ebook like yep. page count. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I think that I probably get some text from Edwards, like thinking about all of the like vampire lore about his family. But I, I would say. A lot of my like extra word count is just all in that like self-flagellating, like absurd, like I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so bad, <laughs> Edward stuff. The boundaries and like in in a way that kind of works, I think, for both reactions. If if you are someone who is reading this and goes, No, thank you, this is too weird for me, I'm out. That's a totally fair reaction. But it's a reaction that you would reasonably have because the boundaries have been very clearly laid out for you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It, it is clearly marking that for you. And and like I said, you can you can have whatever whatever kind of response to that, that that you like, but it is clear. Right. What Edward is doing, or what Edward is doing, what what Stephanie Meyer is doing <laughs> in Midnight Sun is making that so much muddier and trying to tell you, no, 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 this is not a dead dove. You can eat it. It really, yeah. It's just such a bummer. It's like, it's like, yeah, you could, you, I totally understand reading this and going like, nobody would ever be flattered by this. <laughs> but that is what the book is about, right? And, yes. And, and for then to have, to have Edward say like, oh, you're so right. You're, you're so right. The book isn't about that. And it's actually about me and how sorry I am. It just the- really <sighs> destroys it. It really makes me wonder about Twilight fans, and I feel like the reception of Midnight Sun was pretty lukewarm, but what a bizarre kind of like fan service thing to deliver to the fans who are signing up for the original fantasy, and then to have the sort of like thing that is ostensibly for them be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not, like, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious what the fan reaction is to his like internal monologue on this stuff is because like I think, I think the general read that I had of the Twilight fandom was that they acknowledge that it's very corny and silly and like also kind of fucking weird, right? But like that's kind of why they like it, right? I don't know if like apologizing for being fucking weird when that's what people liked about it in the first place is the right move. I, yeah, I'm I'm so curious about that. Yeah, exactly. It's a bummer. It's a bummer because it's like, it, it's it's just such a, it's a fun, it was such a fun surprise to get to the part where Bella pieces this together 
and her strongest reaction is like, you were watching me while I sleep? Oh my god, I hope I didn't, like, say anything weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's funny! It's, It's like, one, obviously it's an absurd out for Stephanie Meyer's, like self-insert romantic fantasy but also it's like it's it's like fun and characterful because it's like it's not the reaction you expect really it's a very oddly like she's like bella is so lost in the sauce that like this this vampire told her that yeah he's been watching her sleep for the last week and she's like oh oh that's cool um did i do anything weird (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's it's it's there's like an element of like black comedy to this that I think works as long as you like don't take the midnight stuff into midnight sun stuff into account, um, and it's it's a shame that, that midnight sun seems to want to like backpedal on this stuff because I think it just makes it worse by that by doing it. it it makes it actually weird. I think that there's also a little bit of a dimension that um, it, it midnight sun feels too shy to um, know how to be like horny at a girl and so there aren't that many options for like edward's reasonings right Mm -hmm. like horniness is out is out yes like like, it can't do that for some reason um so it has to be something else and there's like not i don't know it's weird because from like the twilight perspective right you you like want the mysterious guy to be into you yeah. That's the fantasy. Yes. But it seems to not know how to have Edward be into Bella from the Midnight Sun perspective. I wonder why that could be. Very odd. Very, very odd stuff. It's it's Yeah. I don't know. Like I I, I certainly have no quarrel with anyone who just reads this and goes like, no fucking thank you. <laughs> right? Like not not for me, but like Twilight does tell you what it's about here you know like it is it is laying it out very clearly and and to have midnight sun come in and like make it about a guy who's like apologizing for being into you just makes it so much less interesting and oh, so there's this, there's this horrible part where he like goes on in his head and it's like does she think me a peeping tom like <laughs> I, like all this like i would never be so disgusting as that and i'm just like edward shut up i'm so sick of you <laughs> it's so weird that's because that's not how he's behaving in my chapter he's being really he's being a fucking weirdo but he's being like a cool weirdo in mine right, right that's, like that's why i know all the dialogue i can tell is locked in from twilight because he'll be thinking something in his head and the character that he is in his head is not the same character as what he says out loud it makes no sense and he's always just like why did i why did i say that or like oh i i was joking but it was a coward's way out or whatever it is because <laughs> like they're the, the conversation they are having out loud is like funny um, cause like, he, there's a part where he's like, oh, are you very mad at me? And she goes, that depends. Uh, I felt and sounded like I had the breath knocked out of me. He waited. On, he urged. What you heard, I wailed. Uh, uh, and then a little further on, um, uh, 
you miss, or, or uh, yeah, you miss your mother. You worry about her, and when it rains, the sound makes you restless. You used to talk about home a lot, but it's a lot less often now. One time you said it's too green. He laughed softly, hoping I could see not to offend me any further. Anything else? I demanded. He knew what I was getting at. You did say my name. He admitted. I sighed in defeat. A lot. How much do you mean by a lot exactly? Oh no! I hung my head. <laughs> That's so cute. It's really funny. It's fucking weird, but it's like funny and like they're like again, the 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 signposting has been placed for you at this point, right? Like Yeah, she's a high schooler in love with a vampire. Yeah, and and I I just knowing that like he's really torn up inside about this makes it 10 times worse because like what makes this funny is that he's he he is just reacting in absolutely the wrong way, but it's working, you know? Like, it's, yeah, that's like, that feels like the point. They um, sound, when you read that to me, they sound so much more like equals in the yeah. conversation than they do in mine, even though the dialogue is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a strange effect. Yeah, well, because it, it just sounds like he gets so much more time to talk than her really mm-hmm. um you know because both our books are in first person right um but, but he he for sure fucking has a lot to say about his his like justification for his weirdo actions right and it's like i don't need that i i like i would love to know what his thought process is as a weirdo but i don't need to know how sorry he is that he is a weirdo you know like that's boring yeah yeah i don't know it's 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 a very it's a very fun scene and i've gotta say i think my this is kind of broader about this this whole chapter everything that i was like criticizing the last chapter for i think is done better here to the point where this i like like thematically this almost feels like a do-over because like Mm. He talks about his past. He talks it once we get to like the bedroom conversation, they have they rehash the like uh uh what's it like to like have to control yourself around me conversation, right? <laughs> and I think they do it. I mean, like he doesn't make any dog shit addiction metaphors in <laughs> in this one, right? So like I I I guess I I I have a better understanding now of like what we discovered last week with like that that meadow chapter being like the chapter that she Stephanie Meyer was like you know that's from her dream it has to be in the book you know uh-huh because like now now i sort of understand it as like oh i've got to put this in somewhere because it's true to my original vision right even though like right. this chapter this chapter just does the same stuff i think which is a lot better yeah yeah i agree with that um um, but, uh, then Charlie gets in, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is a moment where Edward kind of, he, he, he disappears from my chapter, um, and, and runs, as we find out later, to her room, but I want to know, what, what, what do we get in Midnight Sun about this? Where is it, what's he, what's he thinking? Where is he off to? What's his plan? He's listening to their conversation. Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, he reads he reads Charlie's mind a few times, which he can't do very well uh, because of the weird Bella and Charlie can't read their minds thing. 
Um, but it is just in service of like him being like, oh, he loves Bella. That's Aww. nice. Aww. So it is, it is a fun scene between Charlie and Bella. Yeah, it's cute. I, I like I, I've said this before, but like Charlie is like my MVP in this book at the moment. I think like mm-hmm. he's just like or any any time that that Bella and Charlie's relationship is the focus of a scene, I think it's really delightful. Um, this is another funny one because I, I I love Bella's perspective on him as like being a sort of not reluctant dad, but like a, a dad who hates doing the like. The, like doing the icky stuff, you know, like talking to his daughter about boys and, and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> because th- there's like this moment where she like where where he says like, uh, uh, you know, she she lies to him and it's like, yeah, no, there's no boys that interest me. And he's like, good, like like wait to college to to deal with that stuff. And she's like, yeah, I bet you would love to have me out of the house before having to worry about that kind of thing, right? Like, <laughs> like just just like. You know, just 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 nakedly, like just recognizing that Charlie would be relieved if he never had to like have that sort of talk with her, um, right? And that stuff is fun, right? Like it's 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 a flaw in Charlie for sure, but it's presented in such a fun way that it's it's you know it's just a delight to read every time it happens. Yeah, I I can see why it's cute. I think that unfortunately mine is just like a transcription of what happens in Twilight and it is so devoid for right. like from mattering to Edward. If that makes yeah. sense, like yeah. why does Charlie matter to Edward or like their relationship and the answer is that it doesn't at all other than like Edward's weird like reading people's minds and passing judgment on them mm-hmm. and so his like judgment here is like ah he loves her, whatever. He but other good. than that, it's just completely divorced from anything else going on. So, and that's so weird because this feels like a layup potentially. Mm. It, it, like, because like what you have here is a sort of like inverted meet the parents scene, you know? Yeah. Where it's like I'm, <laughs> or or like a, like any any romantic comedy teen teen movie you've ever seen where like the boy has to hide in the closet when the parents come home unexpectedly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's in 10 million billion movies and, and, and stories, right? Like, you can't find a way to, like, do a vampire version of that, Stephanie Meyer? I don't know. Like, like that that that's too bad. That's a shame to hear that, that we don't get any real insight here. Um, there is something and it completely confuses me. And so I'm curious if it's in yours at all, or if it's going to come up later. But Charlie, Mm -hmm. I think that when Bella's in the shower, or at some point, Charlie goes outside and does something with Bella's truck. Oh. And all Edward says is... Below us, the front door opened and closed. There were no other thoughts near the house besides Charlie's muffled narrative, which is his just, like, images in his head. I wondered where he was going. Not far. There was a creak of metal, a muted clank. Something almost like a schematic flashed through his head. Ah, her truck. It surprised me a little that Charlie was going to this extreme to curb whatever he thought Bella was up to. But he doesn't say what it is. Like, Edward is like, ah, of course. But he doesn't say what Charlie is doing. He's probably like checking what her mileage is, right? 
I have no idea. I, I would assume that he's like checking what her mile counter's at to see, if, you know, if he goes out there in the morning. Because like he, he leaves before she does in, in the morning for school or whatever mm-hmm. uh, uh, when she leaves for school. So he's probably just seeing what like, like he's making a note of like what her mile counter is and then seeing if she's you know he's gonna check it again to compare tomorrow or something but like i i assume it's got to be something like that it would be weird if like he cut her fuel line or something (laughs) that would be a little extreme okay but why would he think of a schematic to just check the mile counter yeah i guess i'll put a pin in this right i'm like i have no clue what this could be and it's one of those things that drives me nuts that midnight sun does sometimes where it thinks that i am a very close reader of twilight and will (laughs) just know what this means and i super don't yeah because there's there's a thing like like bella i think even says like like he's probably going to one he's probably gonna come and check in on me in, he's gonna like sneak into my room just to you know, he's gonna open my door and check that I'm in bed and then I think she mentioned something about like he might you know go outside and like make sure that no one's sneaking out of my window you know like, like sure um but I don't know I don't know about the car thing nothing comes up about the car okay. so I, yeah I assume it's got to be but you're right. I don't know what the schematic that like Charlie like <laughs> activating his like engineering prowess to be like oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't think that's what mechanics even. I don't think they have a vision of a schematic. I guess I could be wrong. <laughs> He's like using his detective vision to find like <laughs> the ignition switch or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's really weird. It's an odd way to phrase it, I guess. It's it's Edward not being able to read Charlie's mind really feels like a cop out, honestly. He sees pictures sometimes. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is like words. It's it would Which be Which sounds one... interesting, but it's not. Yeah, like it'd be one thing too if this was a joke about Charlie being very simple minded, right? And he's like, Yeah, like <laughs> there's not much going on with this guy. He just likes fishing, <laughs> right? Like that would be funny. Um But th- yeah, it just it it seems like so many fucking things I'm hearing about in Midnight Sun. It just seems like Stephanie Meyer looked at what happened in Twilight and was like, well, I don't know what Edward thinks about this. And I don't know what to have him say about what this character thinks. So I just won't. Uh, I just, more and more, I'm I'm thinking of that quote about, from that interview where where they asked her, like, like, why did Midnight Sun get published now? And she said, "Uh, because I finished it. Which just feels so defeated, right? Like, it's weird. Yeah, that's the vibe. (laughs) I do, just just, just purely speaking about, like, what's happening here, I do think that this, like, spy versus spy showdown that Bella and Charlie are having is hilarious. Like, it's very cute. (laughs) Like, I know that you know that you know that this is suspicious. Right. Uh, uh, so I will. We're, I'm gonna. We're gonna do this little. This little parent-child dance of look at me. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do this with like 
playing Game Boy late at night or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> always, constantly. <laughs> oh, playing I'm Neopets to... on the computer, all that. I am so sleepy. I am not going, <laughs> I am not posting on a forum. <laughs> I'm going to bed early. <laughs> I'm not playing Fire Emblem, I promise. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um... Uh, but now we get in kind of kind of like the real the real meat of it here. Uh, this this is this is this is the the hottest and heaviest Twilight has gotten here. Um, uh, you're missing a very important part of Midnight uh-oh. Sun, which is that while Bella's in the shower, um, Edward reads uh, Bella's copy of Tooth and Claw by Joe Walton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's back up. So, what? How does this come about? What's going on here? That's literally it. He's like, oh, I see that book she mentioned on the shelf. I should check that out. And he oh like reads God. part of it. And then is like, I'll pick this one up later. Th- this is like the one funny byproduct of like trying to make Edward apologize for everything and seem completely <laughs> innocent. Uh-huh. Right? Is like, in, in, in any other salacious romance story he would at least think about like ooh, like she's in the shower right now like how do i feel about that right and <laughs> edward's just like dum dee dum 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 ooh, a book about dragons <laughs> like <laughs> ooh, i will read this regency pastiche about dragons <laughs> which again similar so similar to like the baseball rolodex thing uh-huh. Is like this close to like if this was like a smidge more on purpose, it would be super endearing. If it was just like Bella's just like, ooh, I'm getting in the shower, don't wait up, and he's just like, Cool, uh, I'm gonna read a book about dragons while you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's fun. That's cute. Again, similar similar to his sort of like bemused reaction in my book to like her asking, like, why are you watching me sleep? Is it like what makes it work is that he's just kind of like <laughs> he's a little dumb. I don't know. Like it's I, funny. I mean it is funny. Like he he's just like, oh, I see the hardback on her shelf. I guess I was too busy um listening to her sleep before to notice it. And he's like reading. And then the bathroom door opened. I replaced the book. Noting the page number, 166, so I could return to it later, and assumed my statue-like pose from before, which is very, very funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's really funny. Like, like not even once thinking about a boob or anything. Just going like, "Mm, okay, well, you're in the shower. I'm going to read the dragon book. This is awesome. This sounds great. It's also like, he (laughs) he couldn't just be reading when she got back. Because he's not reading in the original when she gets back, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No. He. In. In fact. In. In my version, like she cracks a joke to him about how literally he took her instruction to like wait, uh, to like wait and not move a muscle, right? Like. Yeah, well, he no, lit- he didn't. He read 166 <laughs> pages of Tooth 100. and Claw, <laughs> and and did not once have an impure thought. Not not a not a ghost of a of a of a whisper of, God, of that, any sort of imagination. That's how I felt reading the fourth Maxim Ride book when I sat down and read 150 pages. <laughs> You were just absorbed. <laughs> I was. Nothing but maximum right. <laughs> it's so funny because like because like immediately too after this we get into like the most overwrought and I and I and I 
don't mean that as a criticism, honestly. This, like, overwrought, like, like, will they or won't they dramatic situation where, like, they snuggle under the covers and, like, have a whispered conversation about, like, ooh, like, I'm a vampire, I could, I, like, I, I, I could crush your skull if I was not careful, right? And, like, ooh, I'm, I'm, I have to control myself so much. And it's, like, wow, Stephanie Meyer is really <laughs> letting it out in this chapter, but, like, also kind of not, because it's, it is the abstinence fantasy. Sure is. But it is also the abstinence fantasy that we were sort of discussing a couple weeks ago, where it's, like, that is the fantasy. That is like the end point of the fantasy. But the ninety nine percent leading up to it is like, but wouldn't it be fucking hot if if it wasn't? You know. And so th- there's like real conflict in here. I can totally see why, because I have the same dialogue as you do, right? So yeah. I can totally see what you're talking about. Except mm-hmm. for mine doesn't come across that way at all right. because Edward is sort of, of the one in control here. Yeah. Ish. Um. And he just sort of plays, like, in his own head, he's sort of just playing dumb. Like, he's just like, you are so, you are the most beautiful woman to ever be. But also is, like, confused, like, oh, she's, oh, she's talking about sex now. I see. God damn it. So he's just, he's just thinking about the dragon book while she's, like, dropping these innuendos the whole time. Yeah, basically. God damn it. Because, yeah, this is, this is, like, steamy. I mean, like, again, there is no... People aren't wrong when they call Twilight, like, the pro-abstinence fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that is ultimately, I think, the, like, primary message of all this stuff, right? And it's, like, it's upheld as, like, the morally right thing to do. Yeah. Um, in, 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 in the story. But, like, there's no getting around that this chapter is a really elaborate setup to get them in the same bed together. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and and so like whether it's a conscious thing or not there is a very very strong undercurrent of like again like will they or won't they in the, in this chapter and it like that only that fantasy only works if if it like it like it pulls out of the nose dive at the very last second right like the mm-hmm. very last second in in my version of it anyway Bella is just like on another planet in this scene. Like, like she is so like, ooh, what's gonna happen? You know, like, and keeps 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 dropping these hints or whatever um, that she's thinking about this stuff. And Edward is like, at least through dialogue, is like playing along with it, but <laughs> knowing that he's just thinking about his dragon book is really funny. I will say. At the parts where they are talking about sex and attraction and it's getting, like, heavy, right, Mm -hmm. is the times that he has the least to say in his head. And I can't read it as anything other than Stephanie Meyer being extremely uncomfortable writing attraction from Edward's perspective. Yeah, that's because, yes, that, that sounds really interesting. Because all of the stuff from Bella's perspective is very much absorbed with the, like, heat of the moment, right? And, like, how attractive Edward is and how, like, risky this, like, situation is, but also how comfortable it is. Like, like it, it is absorbed with, like, Edward's hotness to Bella, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, like, informs the whole scene. And 
Edward, like, not having anything to think about Bella in this is a really funny idea to me. It's all very vague because it's never about her, right? It's about Mm -hmm. electricity and, like... Right. An urge to kiss her. But it is never making her the object of desire, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Huh. That 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 is really interesting. Like this this is like the the like opposite thing that we experienced in Harry Potter with how we were always commenting on. Well, no, I guess it is actually really the same thing, but just like from an inverse perspective, right? Of like, uh, Harry has so much to say about how handsome every man is, <laughs> and and the only thing he can concoct for like what he likes f- finds attractive about a woman is like uh her hair smells nice. Right. And it, it seems like it's maybe a similar situation here where like Bella has I I know every tiny little detail about what Bella thinks is attractive about Edward like it's just nonstop, right? Uh not a criticism at all. Just like, you know, it's a romance novel where I am I am learning every little detail that she finds attractive about this vampire. But like do you get any sense of that from Edward and, and, and like, what he thinks about Bella at all? Like no. like, no. One time he thinks that her hair looks like seaweed in, like, a good way. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow! Because it's, it's wet. He's like, a wet, charmer. She has wet hair from the, from the shower or whatever, but no. It, like, any time it has to be, like, I find you attractive, it's it always elevates it into this, like... It, what I remember from reading Twilight is hearing a lot about Edward's granite body and, yes. like, chiseled chin and, like, all of that stuff. And you get none of that from Midnight Sun, right? We don't... Right. It's, it's either so abstract, um, abstract beauty, or her hair is seaweed. That's really funny. Or he's confused. I, I guess what I'm getting at is that this relationship that is being described through both of these books now feels super one-sided, but very one-sided in, like, not the way I would have thought if someone had told me, like, oh, yeah, the romance of Twilight is weird. It's very one, one-sided, right? Right. Like, it feels like it's one-sided on Bella. Like, Bella's obsessed with him. And Edward really isn't reciprocating. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the, the old-fashioned 2005 criticism is that she's obsessed with boys and that's not a good example for women or whatever right. the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Edward's just confused in mind. Like, when they start, when they get on the, like, subject of sex, and it all comes up, of course, because Bella asks if marriage is the same for vampires as it is for humans. Yes. And he thinks... Even as quickly as my brain worked, it took me a second to follow. It should have been more obvious. I needed to keep firmly in mind that nine times out of ten, in my experience with her at least, whenever her heart started to race, it had nothing to do with fear. It was usually attraction. And should this train of thought be in any way shocking when I had just recently climbed into bed with her? I laughed at my own obtuseness. See, it's weird to hear this internally from Edward, because I just remembered, I, I found I found the page this is on. There is a moment where Edward does, like, describe his attraction to her, and it's, like, weird and clumsy, and mm-hmm. she just laughs it off. Like, she she, she laughs at him for it. Like, there's is a- Is it when there, they're talking about Rosalie? Uh, uh, it's, it's when they're talking about, like, vampire desire and his, like, sense of control. Um... And it's 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 kind of like close to the beginning of, of this scene 
Um, and so he starts. So if you don't want to sleep, he suggested, ignoring my tone, my breath caught. Which, by the way, again, that was my first. I thought that he was initiating. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was leading the conversation that direction mm-hmm. in my version. Uh, if I don't want to sleep, he then chuckled. What do you want to do then? Uh, I couldn't answer at first. I'm not sure, I finally said. Tell me when you decide. Also, that's a very funny line. <laughs> uh, I could feel his cool breath on my neck, feel his nose sliding along my jaw, inhaling. I thought you were desensitized. Just because I'm resisting the wine doesn't mean I can't appreciate the bouquet, he whispered. You have a very floral smell, like lavender or freesia, he noted. It's <laughs> it's mouthwatering. Sorry, I'm just thinking Frieza from Dragon Ball. <laughs> you smell like Frieza. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's mouthwatering. Yeah, it's an off day when I don't get somebody telling me how edible I smell. Is what <laughs> <laughs> So like Bella again, Bella kinda has the has the jokes here for for whenever he gets a little too weird, right? But like knowing knowing that it's just constant in, in Midnight Sun in his head is such a bummer. I'm I'm trying to find that passage so that I can remember what he's because like that is a very um, good example of where is it? Where is Frieza? Where is Frieza? I don't know what Frieza's up to these days. I never watched Dragon Ball Z, but I like the one thing that I remember liking or thinking looked cool was Frieza. Frieza's like my fucking favorite guy. awesome. He's fucking cool. He's yeah, got a weird voice too. It's great. See, I didn't know that about him. <laughs> and in all this time, I still haven't found Frieza in my in my book here because there are so many pages. <laughs> it's fifty pages. Oh, almost as much as there are episodes in a fight in Dragon Ball Z. Hey, that's right. Ooh, I'm never gonna find it. Desensitize. <laughs> bring on the shackles. I'm your prisoner. Oh yeah, speak God. Put a pin in that one because I want to talk about that one later too. <laughs> I'm never going to find this, so let's talk about the shackles I'm your prisoner line instead, because <laughs> okay. that's where I'm at. Yeah, wild fucking line for... Yeah. Specifically, wild fucking line from someone who I thought, or it sounds like in your book, just like wasn't interested in uh, in, in any of this, uh, this, this petty human sex stuff, right? Like, wow, he's... He's really fucking going for it. Now it's my turn to, like, not know where the fucking words are. Uh, don't go away, then, I responded, unable to hide the longing in my voice. Ding, 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 by the way. Uh, (laughs) that suits me, he replied, his face relaxing into a gentle smile. Bring on the shackles. I'm your prisoner. But his long hands formed manacles around my wrists as he spoke. Like, this is getting steamy in mine. What's his intent in, in this? If it's not like <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, what did you mean by this? If you're not, mine what? is just confusing. I wrapped my hands around her delicate wrists as I spoke, laughing at the image in my mind. They could bind me in iron or steel or some stronger alloy yet to be discovered, and none what? of that could hold me the way one look from this fragile human girl could. What? It's so confusing because he's shackling her, but she said. Or he said, shackle me, but then he's thinking about being shackled <laughs> while he's shackling her. And no one can shackle and, me. And she, she, she's, <laughs> she's feeling that she's 
being physically shackled after he said, I'm your prisoner, put the shackles... He sells seashells by the seashore, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. what I'm getting out of that. Fucking, yeah, okay, so, Stephanie Meyer, what, what... (laughs) <laughs> this is not an abstinence fit. I mean, it is ultimately, but like, if this is, if Edward is not horny here, what what's going on? Like, he's what, thinking what? about how not even the strongest alloy could contain him if he were to be shackled. <laughs> this is so weird. This this is <laughs> this guy. This is the same chapter, but these are two completely different stories to me. Yes. Like, like so just running down the bullet point of, like, like what's happening in the bed in, in my chapter. Um, so she has a, a fake shower to throw her dad off the scent. She, in, in the bathroom, she has a scene where she laments, like, oh, I wish that I had my Victoria's Secret pajamas here that my mom <laughs> got la. me. Then... They get into bed, and they're, like, spooning under the covers, and she goes, like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not sleepy yet. I'm not tired. And Edward's, like, oh, so what do you want to do then? And so she, and so she's, like, hmm, how, or why, why don't we play 20 questions? Edward's, like, number one question is, like, do you like sex? Like, he's just, he's this <laughs> fucking dumb guy. This dumb guy shit. And then they and then they talk about how um, actually if we were to to do that, um, I would blow your back out so hard you'd die. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Bella's like, hmm, okay, not not into this. And then the chapter ends. Yeah. In your yeah. chapter, Bella has a shower. Edward reads 166 pages <laughs> of, a, of a book about dragons. They get into bed, and she's like, ooh, I'm not sleepy. And he goes, let me know what you want to do. Also, I'm just thinking about new alloys that can be invented. <laughs> and, and like, mine is walking such a thin line, because it's like, of course, we know who the author is. We know this isn't actually going to go anywhere. But clearly what the author finds, like, fun and, and, and engaging about this is is that dance, right? Of like, ooh, they're not going to, but they're going to get really close, right? It's it's mm-hmm. going to get so we're walking right up to the line. In your version, it's like apologizing that anyone saw the line, you know? <laughs> and explaining yeah. that no, no, Edward's Edward's good. Edward is like Edward was reading a fantasy novel. He was thinking about science. He, he's normal. He's worried about a meteor hitting her house. <laughs> it's fine. About a meteor? Does the meteor come up? Does he? Does... No, just the just the sort of like call back to him being like, "Oh, I was worried about unrealistic things or whatever, and that's why I was watching her sleep." Like, like he is saying stuff. Like, like the bit where he's talking about like, "Ooh, like if I would crush your skull if I wasn't careful, right?" And like he does, he think that that's not insanely hot to say in a vampire romance story. Now he thinks he thinks it's terrible. He's. I would never do. I would never do that. I would we cannot never do, do that. that. I would simply never. And Bella's just like, "Ooh, okay, well." Noted. I definitely find you less attractive now. (laughs) (laughs) 
re- reimagining this as a comedy of like someone trying to get out of this relationship and like trying to scare the other person and just like making them way more into him is really funny. She sighed. Well, I did wonder about you and me someday. No, not wrong. The sudden grief felt like a weight pressing against my chest. How I wished I had a different answer to give her. I don't think that would be possible for us. Oh, I wish they had another answer. I wish. I wish. If only. If only. Okay, let me read let me read my version of this. Like tell tell me that this isn't Stephanie Meyer like like writing while fanning her face. Like this is so nuts. That's not what I was thinking of. It's just that you are so soft, so fragile. I have to mind my actions every moment that we're together so I don't hurt you. I could kill you quite easily, Bella, simply by accident. His voice had become just a soft murmur. He moved his icy palm to rest it against my cheek. If I was too hasty, if for one second I wasn't paying enough attention, I could reach out meaning to touch your face and crush your skull by mistake. You don't realize how incredibly breakable you are. I can never, never afford to lose any kind of control while I'm with you. He waited for you to respond, uh, growing anxious when I didn't. Are you scared? He asked. (laughs) Come on! (laughs) Pretending in Midnight Sun that this wasn't intended to be like the most steamy scene in the book... I I just, I don't believe her, you know? Like, I don't believe that Edward was thinking about alloys during this scene. That's certainly a problem, I said slowly, but that's not what I was thinking of. It's just that you are so soft, so fragile. I have to mind my actions every moment that we're together so I don't hurt you. I could kill you quite easily, Bella, simply by accident. I reached up carefully to lay my hand against her cheek. If I was too hasty, if for one second I wasn't paying enough attention, I could reach out meaning to touch your face and crush your skull by mistake. You don't realize how incredibly breakable you are. I can never... Never afford to lose any kind of control when I'm with you. Admitting this obstacle seemed less shameful than confessing my thirst. After all, my strength was simply part of what I was. Well, my thirst was too, but the intensity of it around her was unnatural. That aspect of myself felt indefensible, disgraceful. Even now that it was under control, I was mortified it existed. Mortified it existed, He's not horny. He's not horny. He is... This is so sad. This is so sad. Oh, this this is fun. This is this is Stephanie Meyer like covering her tracks almost. Like it no, really no. is. No, no, this was not horny. I promise. No, no. Edward was not horny. Don't worry. Yeah, Edward was not horny, and by extension, neither was I. Writing this, <laughs> come on. <laughs> the apology, like uh, doing apologetics for your own novel, is really funny. Like. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of the most fascinating uh uh, uh books out there, I think. Yeah, uh, uh even even if it sounds like Midnight Sun is just not great. It's at least very interesting and revealing. It's super interesting. It is like pulling teeth to get through, like the yeah. actual like I said it's 50 pages long, yeah. but it's a delight to talk about. Um, is there anything else in the chapter to cover? Anything else important before we get to boyfriend points? I get a lot of backstory about the vampire families. Okay. Yeah, I, it's yeah. sort of just like kind of miserable is the problem. Um, and I think that this is like the fan service of the chapter because it's like Edward says something to Bella about them and then thinks about 
they're turning in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, the two... Well, I will say that um, Emmett is, like... All that stuff that we talked about, about him, like, playing with bears and stuff before he kills them, he was almost killed by a bear, which I didn't know. Yes, yes. Um, we do, I do get a little bit of that, um, just, just very briefly in mine. I get a very long scene of Rosalie, like, how Rosalie rescued him from the bear and then, like, had self-control to, like, run him back to Carlisle, uh, for Carlisle to turn him, um... And then the other thing I get is this sort of interesting, I, like, I kind of like the Alice um, future seeing stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, I think it's uh, kind of a fun uh, version of, of, like, prophecy stuff because there's this, like, Edward is thinking back to when he met Alice for the first time and the, like, mechanics of it were that she didn't know who turned her, right, which was covered in Twilight, but she, like has a vision of meeting Edward's family and, like, their life together. And so she knows that she's going to go be part of their family. And then she goes to them and Edward reads her mind while she thinks through their entire life up until, like, like how their relationship is going to go. And then because Edward read her mind super fast through all of this prophecy, he suddenly knew her. Uh, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a um, cool... I like seeing the powers, like, mix. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, interacting in fun ways. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um. So those are sort of my, my side quests Um. Okay. for the chapter. But that's, like... I just wanted to mention it, because that's, like, my new stuff in Midnight Sun, where right, it's, like, clearly right. that was the sort of, like, exposition wiki facts that she wanted to put in here. <laughs> I will I will I will rewrite this scene to to make sure nobody thinks that I thought that it would be hot if someone had sex with a vampire. That's right. And also drop some cool facts about said vampires. Yes. <laughs> oh, very funny. Um okay. I feel like we're kind of have to kind of roll our sleeves up for this boyfriend point seg- segment. Yeah, we do. How do we even begin? Because the thing is, is that more than any other chapter, these ones feel like they are in direct conflict. Mm -hmm. And so how do we judge Edward here? Because Edward seems like he's kind of on top of his game in my chapter, but Mm -hmm. he seems very not on top of his game in yours. And... I guess we've got to take Midnight Sun as gospel, really, right? Like, like this is this is what the point of the book is. I just, it's so, it's so hard because, like, the it just seems like they're competing for different tones here. Yeah, but he didn't really do anything bad in mine. That's true. Everything he did is what showed up in Twilight. Exactly. His only okay. crime in mine is like not being horny. And can you can you really? Like... <laughs> no, we're not. No, like we're not. We can't. We can't ding Edward for like thought crime. I guess. Like, exactly. Like the stuff like... he does. He's very charming. He's very funny. Yeah. Okay. So he is starting. By the way, at negative four hundred and ninety-five. Uh oh. Um. Yeah. He kind of took a dip last week um but maybe maybe he has a chance to to win back some points here 
I, I think also we have something interesting to discuss here because um, we have knocked so many points off of him for watching her sleep. Yep. Because it is fucking weird. <clears throat> um, but do you think he makes any of that back for at least in Twilight, maybe less so in Midnight Sun, um, uh, like it? it doing the thing that we were asking it to do and make him more inhuman and monstrous, right? And, like, like unaware of, like, social mores, you know? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to give him some points for the, the like, what else is there to what do at night, right? What else is there to do is a really funny line. <laughs> That's very funny, um, and I, I feel like he could make back some points for that. Okay, how much? I mean... I, I don't want to like lot. exonerate him all those points back because it is still fucking weird. But like, but like, we should at least just acknowledge that, like, okay, the book did do what we were asking it to do here. You know, like fifty points. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny yeah. line. Yeah, but, but plus fifty. Uh, uh, what else is there to do? Is a really good line. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. It feels weird to be giving him points for that, but at the same time, I, I was just so surprised by reaching this, this reveal in, in Twilight proper and being pleasantly, like, so, so much of the stuff that we have discussed as being, uh, uh, as being as, like, in conflict or, or, or un uncomfortable to read has been because of, like, Midnight Sun's backpedaling, it feels like. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, like, it's still fucking weird behavior. I, I like, I, I still stand by get, taking away 500 points because someone watching me sleep would make me pretty uncomfortable. Um, but at least now I know that the book knows that and is playing with it and, pl like, playing with that expectation, you know, which it just didn't <laughs> feel like before. Right. Um, okay, so yeah, plus 50 seems good there. Um, how do we, so, he, Bella thinks he's, like, left, I think, when Charlie shows up. Yeah, like, he escaped out the window. Right. Um, him sticking around at all, how are we feeling about that? I think it's great. <laughs> Right. I mean, it leads to some great scenes in mind, but like, like you know, if 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 we're handing out points here, is that is that like a like a pro, like a swaggy move? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I actually just went to your room. Like, yeah, that rocks. Yeah. I mean, she it, didn't like tell him to leave or anything, right? Yeah. He's just like chilling. Yeah. He just he heard the door open and like disappeared. It's it a very teen movie to me. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So what? Like plus plus ten points for sticking around. Twenty points. Yeah, we... yeah okay. ten points sounds good. Points for not running away from the dad. Um, <laughs> I was about to say like, does he get any points for like sitting in her room and waiting? But he read that book. I don't he reads know, I'm that book. He reads the book. It, how do we? How do we even judge Edward reading the book while Bella's in the shower? I mean, it's nice to like read a book because you know someone else likes it, right? Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a really good point because Bella brought Bella brought that up as like her favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was it's like, definitely... oh, that's the one I haven't read. Yeah, 
It's the one that Stephanie Meyer. It's Stephanie Meyer's favorite. So he he is reading the book that the that the protagonist is like. Yeah. Okay. Actually, that's yeah. So t- taking he's he is actively pursuing his girlfriend's interests mm-hmm. so they can share them. That seems pretty good, actually. That that that's feel, feels like a lot of points. And I will say, like. This is so corny, but he seems, like, genuinely interested because she's interested and not, like, trying to do it to be, like, to impress her, like, right. as some sort of... Because he doesn't even bring it up to her, right? Right, yeah. He doesn't... Right, while the, while they're, like, under the covers, it's not like he's like, so I read that vampire book you like, or the, the, the <laughs> dragon book you like. Right. Which would be really funny. Um, okay. So, yeah, he's taking an active interest in what she likes. That seems good. That seem, that That's pretty swaggy. That's pretty... Mm-hmm. That's that's a good boyfriend move. What do you think? Another fifty for that, or or less? That may be too. Well, let's much. call it thirty-five. Thirty-five plus thirty-five book interest. Um. Okay. Now, now, <laughs> this is the hardest one to parse. I think because what what is what, what? How do we determine what it is he's actually doing here? Because in my book, it feels very much like it's line walking, like will they or won't they. In your book, it feels like Bella is maybe hoping something will happen, and he's just like, I'm thinking about alloys and answering questions, right? And like, right. I don't, I don't think that's like not boyfriend points worthy, but it's like a different tone for sure, right? Yeah, it's like he doesn't know how saucy it is. But it still is saucy. Yeah. Him not knowing how saucy... It's so fucking weird. It's so saucy in my book. This is like... This is third date stuff. Right. Um, I mean, they're, they're literally in bed together. Like, it doesn't get... It doesn't get much... Much third datier than this. He my my book points out that he's still in his um sleeveless pirate shirt. Oh, no! Okay, that's a my. I'm taking minus five <laughs> off for still wearing that fucking shirt. Minus five, stupid fucking shirt. <laughs> um. Huh. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I we have to take the content of what happened. Okay. So what happened is that he was like, um. No, you know, you know, no, we couldn't. No, we can't. But in like a really hot way. He's right? being very sexy. Yeah, he's being really sensual when he's saying no and turning her down on this on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but just I don't know. That's kind of cool, right? He's being. I, I guess we could sort of spin it as he's being kind of noble, maybe. I don't. I don't he's know. He's being a romantic hero. He's a romantic hero. He's and and Bella's lapping it up. I think is the main takeaway here. Mm-hmm. Bella is super into this. Um. So I guess I guess we can. Yeah, he's. I think he gets some points here. I think he gets like a hundred points for being the romantic hero. I, I like guess this he, is the moment, yeah. right? He's self-actualizing, yeah. And he is he is playing the role he's supposed to here. He is being the romantic hero, doing ro- plus one hundred, doing romance novel stuff. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's I don't know, it's textbook romance stuff. It's pretty good. He, he's he's nailing it. Yeah. Even if he's 
telling her that he can't nail her, you know? Yeah. But Well, then the book's over. <laughs> then the book's over. Right, yeah, that's like the fun. That's that that is fun. I got it like I like, like it is the abstinence fantasy, but like, I don't know. It, it works. It's like a ooh, they're walking right up to the line. <laughs> it's it's interesting. You don't want Ross and Rachel to get together. Right. Yeah, no, the fun part is that they don't. They just keep getting close. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. Okay. Anything else for points? He kind of swept here. Um. Plus or minus for singing along to the Johnny Ace song in the car. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. The music opinion stuff is so funny because, <laughs> like, if I was like stuck in a car with someone and they were telling me like, "Ooh, I hate the '60s and '70s," broadly. <laughs> I would be so bored. Like that's, <laughs> that's like that's like the second most boring thing you can tell like small talk you can make to someone on a date other than like oh I only listen I listen to everything that isn't rap and country. You know what I mean? Like, it might oh. be the most boring vampire pod. It's like oh I met the most boring vampire. <laughs> I met the most boring vampire who doesn't like two entire decades worth of music. Because he's a boomer vampire. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you died of the Spanish flu? What was that like? I don't know. What music do you like? I don't like the 60s or 70s. <laughs> cool, man. Thanks, man. Have you seen, like, any good... Con- so, you're, so you didn't go to Woodstock, is what you're telling me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't do anything cool. Um, yeah, that... that, that that is just such textbook boring guy shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it super I, is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's, that's like uh, a minus. And just the whole picture. I don't like the 60s or 70s, but like singing along in his like sleeveless shirt. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah, there's, there's an image. It's, it's, it's yeah, not good, Edward. Yeah. he. I mean, he's making up for it elsewhere, but that, that car conversation, he is, yeah, he... He, I guess he's saving it all up for later, you know? Yeah. Like, like he, he turns the charm on once they get to the house, but boy, he is being really fucking boring in the car. Yeah, let's ding him for ten for that. Yeah, minus ten music opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. So just, like, like piecing, like, all of his music taste stuff together, like... It's cool that he likes Aphex Twin Didgeridoo. I will never right. I will never forget that detail about Edward. Um but that's there's such an extra wrinkle to that. Like he puts in like a like a, a you know, an electronic song from like nineteen ninety seven or whatever and goes like, Mmm, this is so much better than sixties and seventies music. This is better than sixties and seventies. It's really <laughs> 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 This like, is God- the fucking Lincoln Park. Like, I'm not trying to be mean about Lincoln Park. <laughs> no, but come on. But it, but like I don't know. You just think about like 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 gu- guy in high school who describes decades like their genres. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're like trying to talk to him about music, it's just like oh, ooh, so boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Minus ten for the music opinions. Um. Okay, you know what? He still cleaned up pretty good this week. Great. Um, so let me bust out the old calculator here, because I'm very stupid. Uh, 
negative 495. And he has gained 50. 10. 35. Minus 5. Plus 100. Minus 10. He is all the way up to negative 315. That's a lot of um, covering some lost ground there. Yeah, he... Edward, if you keep this up, you're going to be at zero right before the end of the book. (laughs) 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 Oh, well, impressive, impressive plays from him. As long as, and and there is a real knife's edge here, as long as we keep on taking him purely at his actions in Twilight and not at his, uh, thoughts about his actions in Midnight Sun because he is he is towing a dangerous line here. We could flip that switch in a second, so he better watch out. He better fucking watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, uh, what do you say we take a quick break before we wrap up with just a short third segment? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are at the tail end of another another Shriekcast, not quite after dark. Yep. <laughs> so we have we have a, a a nice little short nightcap sequence here. Uh, just a short little segment, third segment here um, um, uh, to round things out. Uh, I thought it would be fun to go with a quick quiz. Um, uh, specifically from, of course, the Wizarding World website. Where else? <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and, you know, we we are now about, I think we're almost exactly halfway through Twilight now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Midnight Sun. And I figured, uh, hey, let's, let's quiz ourselves on the last book we read. Uh, how well do we know the seventh Harry Potter book? Uh-oh. I- <laughs> I think I, I'm worried that I've forgotten literally everything about I it. I think I might have, too. I Weirdly, the the scene that sticks out in my head the most is um, Harry and Ron's weird, like, youth pastor conversation after yes. Ron comes back from uh, his weird orb <laughs> journey. Yeah. That's all I remember. Let's well, maybe there'll be a question about that. Hopefully there is. Um, let's, let's, let's start and see, see where we're at. Um, ten questions. First things first. What is the name of the seventh book? Okay, come on. I got. Come this. on. Now. I got this one. <laughs> come on now. Um, <laughs> it's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Correct. Okay. Weird. Okay. Really stretching for questions. It seems like already <laughs> here. Uh, when Harry left Privet Drive for the last time, what spell did he use that he w- re- revealed he was the true Harry and not a decoy? Wow, we really went from uh, a nothing question to I have no clue. When Guardian Leviosa, Expelliarmus, Avada Kedavra, and Stupefy. I have no earthly idea. When Harry left Privet Drive for the last time, what spell did he use... 
that revealed he was the true. Oh, is it? Is this a joke about Expelliarmus? Because that's like his joke. It's gotta like be right. His spell that he always does. Yep, that's Harry. Correct. Okay, we're good. We're so good. When Umbridge was in possession of the locket, what did she claim? Oh fuck me! What did she claim the S on the front stood for? Slytherin, Selwyn, Sinistra, or Scrimger? Selwyn. Real Selwyn. You, you remember this? You remember this one? <laughs> I just am going I, with a feeling. I super don't. I'm. I'm. I'm I trust you on no, this I, one. I, do, I don't anymore. Hold on. No. Oh, oh well, I already clicked it, and you were right. Oh, okay. Good. I. I just. You. You said that with such confidence. I know. I was it like, was. Oh just, fuck, it, Selwyn. Okay. It was a gut feeling. I don't know why. I guess, like, I knew it wasn't Scrimger, because that's the Minister of Magic, or whatever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the rest, I don't know, it could have been Salazar Slytherin, Sinistra sounds sinister, you know? That's the, um, astronomy oh, teacher. Oh, that's right! Yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. What color hair did Tonks have for Bill and Fleur's wedding? Fuck <laughs> off. Good question. Brown. Great question. Brown, because she's sad. She become normal. <laughs> Tonks become normal. Tonks become normal, and she got line. she had brown hair. Tonks the brown hair normal. of sadness. Well, here's a wrinkle in the, uh -oh. that. That's not an option. We have bubblegum pink, turquoise, blonde, and violet. Okay, blonde. Options. Blonde become normal. Blonde become normal. <laughs> Tongues become blonde. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe blonde. she wasn't normal at that point. I don't remember why that Bill happened. Bill wedding was... A, that's the wedding that gets blown up, right? Like it's nine wizard nine eleven. Or maybe That's she's the... happy because she's pregnant. I only remember this book from jokes we've made. <laughs> yeah, um, because she's not depressed anymore because her and Lupin hooked up. I think because she was she was Tonks become normal at like the end of book six, maybe. So yes? we're in seven. Oh, yeah, because in six, uh, she's, like, depressed, and Snape's, like, has some shit to say to her. Yeah, Snape, like, owns her at the beginning of book <laughs> six or whatever, and it's really funny. Um, okay, so I, I just straight up have no fucking clue. Bubblegum pink, turquoise, blonde, violet. I still feel like it's... I still feel like it's blonde, I feel like but... she's become normal? Yes. Like, but like happy but I don't normal. Know. I don't know. You know? Yeah. The thing is, bubblegum pink is calling towards me because it's the only one that's not just a color, but also I think that could be like a trick answer, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a Harry Potterism, though, for sure. It does sound like a, yeah. Blonde, but it is, it is like she's blonde because, you know, she's normal now, but also happy because she, she, achieved motherhood or whatever right but she's not right. because lupin keeps trying to run out on her to go on her, oh, his, true, uh, his weird true. shakespeare adventure Shall three become full exactly oh she probably doesn't also, like that if she was blonde she would it, maybe maybe fleur wouldn't like that true because fleur is blonde and fleur's like hey you your hair could be like any color and you came here looking like mine <laughs> 
What, yeah, what's but maybe, the, if we have a problem, maybe Floor wouldn't want um an a natural hair color in the wedding photos. Ooh, good point. Good point. Fuck. This is impossible. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm My leaning gut to was blonde. Blonde, but let's, I don't let's know. Choose, let's go with blonde. Correct. We are so smart. <laughs> Tonks we become are normal. So fucking smart. Tonks become normal. Where were Harry and Hermione camping when Harry saw the silver doe? Uh, the woods. <laughs> True. Uh, Kilder Forest, the Forest of Dean, Ashdown Forest, Sherwood Forest. It's Forest of Dean, right? Yes, yes. Correct. When captured and taken to Malfoy Manor, what fake name did Harry give? Vernon Dudley, Stan Shunpike, James Black, Barney Weasley. Stan, right? No. Maybe? Yeah. Someone says they're Stan Shunpike at some point, mm-hmm. but it, oh, no, it, I think it isn't, because it's when his face is all puffy, right? And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm Stan Shunpike. Or, or is that, no, hold on. What are the other options? Vernon Dudley. It is Vernon Dudley, isn't it? Hold on. Yeah, or, it's either that or Stan Shunpike, because I know that someone pretends to be Stan Shunpike, but I don't I'm know trying, at what point. I'm trying to map this out in my mind, because I think, I think other than James Black, I think he goes by all of these mm-hmm. in this book. Um, Barney Weasley is when he's at the wedding pretending to be a Weasley, right? Yes. Um, Stan Shunpike, he does tell someone he is Stan Shunpike at some point. And, it, but I can't remember... Because like he, he, there is a scene where he gets his face all puffy and he lies about who he is, but I think it's like in reverse where it's like Hermione purposefully makes his face puffy so they can't identify him, and so when like the, the Snatchers are like, "No, this is Harry Potter," the Malfoys are like, "No, it's not," right? Like I think Vernon Dudley is right. Vernon Dudley, correct. Holy shit, we're, we're on a so roll. Good. What color was the knife that Bellatrix held to Hermione's throat? I'd, I'd need to see the scene again. Perhaps the, perhaps the special extended <laughs> can we, version. Can we get an extended version with some more close-ups? <laughs> um, bronze, gold, black, or silver? I don't fucking know. Silver, maybe? Silver. It's a knife, right? I don't think she has, like, a black <laughs> knife, maybe. But I thought it would... Silver. Silver. Who yeah, was silver? It's, it's silver. a knife. Correct. Yeah. Good question. It's a knife. It's silver. What wood was the wand? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What what hood was the what hood was the wand <laughs> that Ron managed to take from the Snatchers made of? Oh Jesus! Uh, Hawthorn, Holly, Blackthorn, and you. Oh, wait a second. It's Blackthorn, right? Because Harry has to use it for a while. I have no idea. Blackthorn wand is like activating Jim Dale memories in my brain. Kind of. None of these are, so we should go with your gut. Blackthorn, and I am so right. I'm correct. (laughs) 
What was the name of the goblin that Harry cast the Imperious Curse on at Gringotts? <laughs> Gornuck, Bogrod, Ragnock, or Griphook? It wasn't Griphook, right? Wasn't Griphook. None of the other ones are ringing a bell for me. <laughs> Ragnock, Bogrod, or Gornuck. Also, <laughs> so weird to me that, like, the fact that Harry Imperius is someone is, like, just a accepted enough fact at this novel that they're just, like, asking, like, little factual questions about it. <laughs> That's the most insane part of the book to me, other than the part where he does Crucio on someone because they deserve it or whatever. And McGonagall's like, damn, Harry, that was cool. Yeah, what a crazy book. <laughs> what was the name of the goblin that Harry casted? Bogrod, Gornok, Ragnok. Ragnok rings a bell, but these, I mean, these are all See, Harry Potter Gorn goblin. Gornok or Ragnok, right? Like Who's Ragnok? Incorrect. It was Bogrod. Oh. We were wrong. Very Fuck. wrong, yeah. All right. Final question. In the Battle of Hogwarts, who was dueling Bellatrix before Molly Weasley stepped in? It was Ginny, right? Luna, Neville, and George, McGonagall, Sprout, and Trelawney, Hermione, Ron, and Ginny, Hermione, Ginny, and Luna. Uh, it must be Hermione, Ginny, and Luna, because that's the girls' fight. It's girls' fight. It's that's girls' right. fight it time. The, was, again, speaking <laughs> of only remembering this book through jokes we made, that was it was like, yeah, there's the girls' card first before <laughs> <laughs> before the Harry and Voldemort duel. Yeah, Hermione, Ginny, and Luna. Correct. That's easy. Easy. We know who was in the girls' fight. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Results. That's pretty damn good. Hogwarts hero. Top marks. You're an expert when it comes to Deathly Hallows. You must have read this book at least a million times. Nope. Nope. Just the two times. Just twice. <laughs> Just twice for a really long time. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um... That was short. Do you want to do, like, one more? Sure. Okay. Uh, they, there's obviously, there is, uh, how well do you know the sixth Harry Potter book? There's one for all of these. Let's go to quizzes, quizzes, quizzes. Night bus quiz. Is there enough stuff with the night bus in it for a quiz? No, there's, like, two scenes. Hold on, okay. It's I'm, a bus I'm... that comes at night. Control F, complete the quote. You know what fucking time it is. <laughs> Okay, complete the quote Harry Potter edition, complete the quote Draco Malfoy, we've done Dobby, Trelawney, Arthur Weasley, uh, Queenie, Cedric, Ghosts of Hogwarts. Wow, that's a little broad. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking out of let's, these? Let's do Harry. Harry. He's the star. The star of the show. Complete completing his quote completing his quotes all right can you complete harry's sentences better than Ginny could i had a dream about a blank okay <laughs> fuck off what <laughs> there are seven of these books surely he said that more than once what <laughs> i had a dream about a blank a uh, flash of green light <laughs> wizard <laughs> I had a dream about a wizard. Uh, broomstick or motorbike? That's 
Uh, motorbike might be it, but I want to say flash of green light, right? Flash of green light. Motorbike yeah. would be the trick trick answer, but I bet it's green light. It's green light. This is tough. Okay, this is such a vague sentence. <laughs> Characters talk about dreams they have a lot in this series. I feel like. In you were right. I should have trusted you. The trick Motor- question. It was motorbike. It was. It was motorbike. Uh, can you complete Harry's? Okay, um, I'm not ill, said Harry. I think it's a warning. It means blank. Uh, Voldemort is near. Danger's coming. A storm's on its way. The end (laughs) is near. (laughs) I have no clue. Means the end is near. I think Voldemort is near. Voldemort is near must be it. Voldemort is near. Incorrect. Danger's coming. Danger's coming. Harry's quotes are boring is what it seems like here. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a hero, but seriously, Sirius Black can't be worse than blank. A basilisk. Can he? Umbridge. Can he? Being traced by a troll. Can he? Or Voldemort. Can he? It's either Basilisk or Voldemort, and I want to say Basilisk as the trick question, trick answer, right. you know? Because, yeah, because it's like, just yeah, fought last, the, yeah, last book, I just did the Basilisk, right? Yeah. A little, a little, a little humor. I think, it might be Voldemort, though. It is, in fact, Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I chose Voldemort. Wonderful. I did I accidentally clicked it because I was fucking... You can't click just the radio button. I tried to, like, highlight it idly. And if you click anywhere, like, remotely <laughs> near the sentence, it, yeah. like, takes that as your answer. It's a little rude. Yeah, Quirrell was a great teacher, said Harry loudly. There was just that minor drawback of him having blank. A dark wizard attached to him. A garlicky aroma... The personality of a snail, Lord Voldemort sticking out of the back of his head. Lord Voldemort sticking out of the back of his head. It's, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that. It's definitely not garlicky aroma or the personality of a snail. No. It's either a dark wizard or Lord, but I think he says Voldemort because it's like Umbridge goes, no, you can't say that. You can't say that here. Right. I'm choosing Lord Voldemort. Correct. Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay, we got one. We got one. Or I guess we got two. Yeah. Um, I don't go looking for trouble, said Harry, nettled. Blank. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't go looking for trouble, said Harry, nettled. Blank. But, and then the answers are, but then I end up fighting Lord Voldemort. <laughs> It normally creeps up on me. Trouble chases me, or trouble usually finds me. It's obviously trouble usually finds me. Um, But the first one is a better quote, for sure. I don't go looking for trouble, but then I end up fighting Lord Voldemort. Like Harry (laughs) trying to be like a fucking 2010s Reddit meme. Like... (laughs) Oh, I'm 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 making a new m- meme. It's uh, trouble finding Harry. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, trouble usually finds me. Correct. Uh, 
I always do, Mrs. Weasley, said Harry. I like a quiet life, blank. Nothing extraordinary. You know me, just like you, nice and simple. What? <laughs> he never says this. I like a quiet life, blank. Nothing extraordinary. You know me, just like you. Nice and simple. Yeah, this sounds fake. This is this is not a real Harry quote. This is he doesn't say this. <laughs> yeah, where's my he never said this option? <laughs> I have no uh, clue. I like a quiet life. You know me is the Britishest one, I think. I yeah. I, 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 I out of these. And so that, but like, I don't, I truly don't remember when this happens. So I, I will choose, you know, me. Does that sound reasonable? Sure. Yep. Oh, we're correct. Wonderful. I feel like it's the place to be tonight. Blank. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's the place to be tonight. You know what I mean? I feel it in my bones. Do you want to come? I just know it is. This is bullshit. These are all fake quotes. He never says this. So I think this must be when he's on the luck potion. Oh, good call. Yes, Felix Felicis. And I want to say it's the one where he's like, what was the last one you said? I just know it is. That one? Maybe? I'm not very confident about this. It's I, I feel like it's either that one or, you know what I mean? You know, I feel like it's the place to be tonight. You know what I mean? But it's definitely not I feel it in my bones. I don't think no. he ever says that. And I don't think it's do you want to come either. I just know it is. I, I just know that. it is. I, yeah, that sounds right. I feel like it's the place to be tonight. I just know it is. Mm, no, it was, or you, it was, you know what I mean. Oh. These are all fake. Okay. These are all bullshit. This he never said this. <laughs> Option E, he never said this. I am the chosen one. I have to kill him. I need that blank. <laughs> Memory, <laughs> cloak, wand, polyjuice potion. I am the one. I have to kill him. I need that polyjuice potion. <laughs> Wand? Elder Wand, right? This is book I guess so. Stuff. I don't recognize any of these. I need that cloak. Well, he never he never needs to kill anyone who has his cloak. Memory? I think the only time Harry talks about needing to kill someone, it's Voldemort. And the only thing Voldemort ever has out of these is a wand. It, memory is one of the answers? Yeah. Well, he would probably need the memory from Slughorn to see how to kill him. Oh, good thinking. He's not talking about Voldemort. He's talking to Slughorn. I have yeah. to kill him. I need that memory that you have, Professor Slughorn. Yes. Yeah. I think it's that's gotta right. Be that. I think that's right. Correct. Whew. Okay. <laughs> well, well remembered. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you can have a word, said Harry savagely. Blank. <laughs> or how about two words? Get lost. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> or how about to shove off or goodbye? No idea. He never said this. 
Again. No. Again. This, these are fake Harry Potter quotes. They're they're making these up. His classic quotes. His classic quotes. Yeah, you can have a word, or how about two? Get lost. Who would he be talking to, Ron? Yeah, Probably. that's yeah, this has gotta be when he's being a bitch to Ron, right? Yeah. Get so lost. it's either get lost or shove off. W- shove off. Yeah, get lost sounds right, but here's that the weird too thing: dorky. Shove off sounds more British. Get lost sounds right to me, but I don't. <laughs> I just love you can have a word. Farewell. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> Farewell. Um. Get lost. Shove off. Should we do? What? I have, I have no idea how to narrow this down between these two. Get Lost sounds so dorky. Harry, yeah, but Harry is kind of dorky in these Get scenes, lost, right? Get Ron. Yeah. Shove Off definitely sounds like more British guy, but like, Harry is kind of dorky, you know? Especially yeah. when he's fighting with Ron. Someone's screaming at their, like, iPod right now listening to this, like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, iPod. I, iPhone. <laughs> MacBook Pro, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 okay, how do, we, how do we choose? Do I just, like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe on this one? I say shove off. Shove off. Shove off, Ron. Shove off. Who's above the lords? Oh, we were so wrong. Double wrong? Double wrong. It was just goodbye. It was goodbye. <laughs> Fare thee well. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> I knew I could do it this time because I'd already done it blank. Do you know what I mean? If that doesn't sound crazy, do you get me or does that make sense? These are all the same fucking coin. Okay, <sighs> this is book three. This is book three. So we did say this. I'm um, hearing the movie, not the book. Yeah. Does that make sense? sense he's Jana radcliffe says sense does that make sense yeah maybe that's it's not do you get me i'm pretty sure if that doesn't sound crazy i don't think he says that he's not he's he's already like assured of what he did at this point do you know what i mean or does that make sense i think it's does that make sense i think so too do you know what i mean it could be either. I'm going to go with does that make sense? This is such a minuscule thing to like make us choose between. This is this is so silly. This is okay. a terrible quiz. We're right. It is does that make sense? Oh, we got 6 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, keep working to be as golden as a galleon. That's all right. That's okay. They gave us a picture of Snape, though, that says Great. mediocre to the last degree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Snape. Thank you so much. Okay, well, it's late. It's Shriekcast after dark. We've got to get on with it. How about we take it to the close? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash Shriekcast. And Liz, what are we going to read next week? That is such a good question. Midnight Sun, Twilight... Chapter alignment. Ooh. This is the this is the search that I always make to this uh, delightful Reddit poster. 
helping me out here. Yeah, mine uh, is just called the Cullens. Yeah, I have a different one called Home. Mm. So I think that we are because because then we line up again. Okay. With two chapters that are called the same. So I'm reading Midnight Sun chapter 19 called Home, and you are reading Twilight chapter 15, The Cullens. All right. We're time to split up for a bit. Mm-hmm. Edward and Bella have been together for a few chapters, but now it's time to see separate adventures. And if that sounds exciting, nonetheless, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean roll seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise